welcome to the Film Obsessed Couple. I'm Shelly. And I'm Scott. And first, so we want to start out with a shout out, like we've said before, that we would like to do. Mm-hmm. The Flicks and Friends did make a comment on our last podcast, which was the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. Afterlife, right? Yep. Whew, that was off the top of my brain. That it was a was, long time ago now, it feels like. That was weird. But they were looking forward to it, and we want to say thank you for that. Dustin, Paul, and Sean is part of this podcast, and they just did Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, great movie. Yeah. like, And we tried to do that one time, and with all the subtitles, I think we only lasted two minutes. We're like, yeah, maybe not. It was hard to take notes at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of like the dubbed version, because it, it just bothers me. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you can tell the, the lips don't match, and then the voice is kind of all just like, Hello, I am a police officer, or I'm a man in the military looking for my daughter. And it's just like, this doesn't work for me. I'd rather hear the original Spanish language and read the subtitles. Which, you know, is actually kind of difficult. I challenge anybody else here to try and do that. For real. And I listened to that episode this morning because they're super funny. And I knew it was going to prepare me for this podcast. Yeah. Because I actually had surgery less than two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and laughing is very painful Mm -hmm. yeah we are back a lot sooner than i thought we would be yeah we weren't sure when we were going to record again but i was like you know what let's just see what happens it's a little painful not too bad if you're curious if you don't want to know anything about our personal life just skip ahead yeah and you can listen to what we say about the movie that we're doing today but i had a radical hysterectomy Mm-hmm. Because I had some tumors um, that were benign. They're just um, fibroid. and But it was causing me a lot of pain. Oh, yeah. Ended up with some extra stuff happening that made the surgery a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But now that everything's out, I feel so much better. Yeah, you're just recovering from surgery pain now. Right. Yeah, the worst part was the gas. If you've ever had abdominal surgery, you know what I'm talking about. Because they... Fill you full of gas, and then they empty you, but they can't get all the gas out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyway, it's super painful. I don't want to go on and go on about it, but doing good. Going to be healing for a good few months. Yeah, and to show you how quickly we jump back into this, I mean, this Tuesday is going to be two weeks from when you had your surgery. Right, exactly. Which you're up and about a lot quicker than I thought you would be. I wasn't sure exactly what it would be like. I mean, you've had your, you ha- she had an ankle fusion surgery and that really laid you up for quite a while. Oh yeah, that sucked ass. But this is quite a bit different. You know, you're still able to get up and move. You can't lift anything over 10 pounds, but five, five pounds. Oh, yeah. it'll change to 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, that shampoo and conditioner we got in the stuff in the groceries today, that could have very well have been over five pounds. Maybe you're like, no, I got it. And I'm like, mm. yeah, that's. That Scott's had to kind of be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really hard because I feel good. Yeah. I just get tired easy. Going back to work, the doctor said two weeks, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I, I tried doing some schoolwork sitting in my office chair, and I'm like, this is very painful. This mm-hmm. is still very painful to sit up. So I talked to the nurse, and the nurse is like, oh, no, no, they don't know anything. <laughs> You're going to be out four to six weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, at least I can relax and not be like, oh my God, how am I going to get through work? Which now I'm really worried because, you know, you keep your laptop, computer, you know, your computer and everything on your little tray table there. You carried that back here. That, I don't know. That... No, I looked it up. The laptop's only like three pounds. Well, the tray table, though. I haven't weighed that, but it doesn't feel five pounds. It doesn't feel okay. It is just kind of cheap wood, but. Anyway, I've been lifting it yeah. every day, so. <laughs> I wish I hadn't, you hadn't told me that. It's all right. (laughs) I'm doing fine. The worst right now is I've had allergic reaction to the glue that they put around my incisions. So they itch horribly and I can't scratch them. That's what we've been up to. And of course, the the next day after her surgery, I started feeling pretty sick and I went to the doctor and I had strep throat. Yeah, I'm like, whoa. And we kissed. We kissed before my surgery. <laughs> mm, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I I was just feeling kind of run down when I was in the waiting room while you were in surgery. Mm-hmm. And my throat was a little sore. And I'm just like, oh, allergies. Boy, these allergies really suck. Right. And then my throat felt like it was on fire the next day. And I went to walk-in clinic. And they're like, 
Well, it, it was weird too because they're like, okay, the the strep throat test shows that it doesn't show strep, but your throat looks like it does. Your lymph nodes are swollen like you have strep throat. She's like, we could either wait for it to show strep or we can start you on antibiotics. I'm like, go ahead and start me on antibiotics, mm-hmm. which I just took my last one today. But yeah, so that was fun. Both of us were laid up. I was sick and you were uh, recovering from your surgery. I was drugged up at that time. So I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then a few days ago. Yeah, as if the fun just can't stop coming. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I just had a chance in the morning, looked out a window and saw that our mailbox was on the ground. Demolished. Yeah, because here in Missouri, it had snowed and the road was still icy. So I guess I could see the tracks. Someone must have slid in the night into the mailbox and destroyed ours and the neighbors across the street. Their mailbox is next to us. So they destroyed both of ours. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that. I'm reading or was looking online on how to pour concrete, like the quick concrete stuff. I think that's not going to be too bad. Yeah, we've never had to deal with anything like this, like a mailbox being knocked over or to put a mailbox up. So we're like, what What the fuck? Yeah, I was going to just put it in the ground straight. And my dad says that that's how his and how their mailbox is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I was There was a piece of broken mailbox pole still in the ground, and I started to dig that up this morning. And I was like, man, there's a lot of rocks in the ground around this. <laughs> and as I got further and further out, I'm like, man, there are still so many rocks. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope this isn't concrete. And sure enough, it was concrete. Oh, boy. So I think it's okay. I got a new pole that's like six feet tall almost. <laughs> <laughs> and um, found online, just got to dig the hole, put the concrete, the quick crete, as they call it, in, and then pour water in and let it set. So that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. If you read in the papers that a house in Missouri caught fire somehow, oh shit, that may you know. <laughs> no, that's my worst fear. Well, so I don't know. Not... That was a joke because I don't know how I could catch a house on fire with concrete. I don't know either, but <laughs> you know, you, you can't be too careful. But yeah, next time somebody wants to hit that motherfucker, hopefully it damages the car more than it does our pole. Well, this time it must have, because I mean the pole wasn't very. <laughs> I see you smiling <laughs> over there. Uh, this pole wasn't very sturdy, but I mean, it must have damaged it. Oh yeah, I would imagine. But the like, car, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this one I've got now is like a lot wider, like circular wise. So yeah, if someone hits this, it's it's gonna fuck their car up, and I don't know yeah, if our yeah. mailbox is gonna move. <laughs> Sorry, I know it was an accident. They didn't stop. They didn't come back. They didn't leave a note in the mailbox. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that should be the big funny. thing. They they did not do anything. They just left. And that's fine. I think we were even talking like if we were kids, we probably wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done. Probably wouldn't have stopped if I was a dumb kid. But now that I'm looking into this and getting it all set back up, I'm like, this is kind of a pain in the ass. I wish they would have said something. Because we could file it with their car insurance and get it covered that way. But it's okay. It's not the end of the world. We'll get it fixed and move on with life. The big crazy thing that's happening is I have the new Dead Space game coming through mail. (laughs) And we don't have a fucking mailbox, so I'm, like, trying to catch the mailman every day. So someone with OCD, this is not a great thing. No, I know, I know. I have bad, I, have, I do have bad OCD. I did catch the mailman yesterday. I saw, I had my window where I'm sitting right now in our office. I had my window blinds up, and I saw them drive by, and I, like, ran out to my car and chased them down. <laughs> I pulled in front of them, and they were, they were dropping mail off, and I pulled in front of the thing and got out, and I was like, Hey, our mailbox is broken. You know, it got destroyed the other day. You didn't stop at all. Like, the mailbox was kind of at an angle. Mm. She just drove right by it. She didn't even try to put mail in it. Yeah, she's like, that bitch isn't certified or not, in regulation. Not up to code. I'm I don't out know. Of here. But I was like, hey, this is our address. Our mailbox was destroyed. You did not stop. Do you have mail? And she did. Yeah, one was important mail for my surgery stuff. So. Yeah, not the not the game, but yeah, yeah, not the most important. <laughs> so, <laughs> real quick, I do want to make a correction on the Ghostbusters that I said something wrong. I was in a lot of pain on that episode, but I said that, and you may have to help me with names, but the teacher Paul Rudd, I said that I liked his connection with Finn which is the guy, and it's not the guy, it's the little girl. So I just, I said the wrong name, and I just wanted to correct that. But moving on after, what, an hour of us talking about shit? Yeah, we're back to Firestarter. I think we had announced this before the big controversy of this movie just happened, which is the little girl has been nominated for a Razzie, which the Razzies are like the, 
the worst of instead of like the Oscars being the best of. Was that the recent? Yeah. Oh, okay. So the little girl, and I don't remember, I didn't look up her name, but the little girl who plays Charlie was nominated for worst actress. Which I think is bullshit. I mean, if you look at her acting, it is not that bad. I There's been worse. It's not as bad as the others that I've seen, right? We were watching this and we knew that was, that had just happened and we're like, oh, I didn't really see it as being that bad. But the but they got so much shit for that. They were like, she's a little girl, and oh, you're going to just discourage her from ever wanting to do this again. Absolutely. And so they, they took it back, and they were like, all right, for next time, we'll put an age limit of no one over 18. Yeah, they get a participation under. award. <laughs> Everybody gets a participation award. Participation. Participation. Yeah, no one under 18 will get nominated. <laughs> so... That's kind of funny. I mean, I mean, it's been ha- that's has gone on for a little bit now, but that like had just happened when we watched this. Wow, I di- I guess I didn't realize it was that recent. And I'm glad people stood up for her cuz I mean, and her acting was like a kid. She mm-hmm. is a kid. Yeah, I mean, Drew Barrymore, the actress, the original actress for the movie in the 80s came out and was like, "That's bullshit." Mm, good for her. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so yeah, I did kind of mention it that this is a remake of a 1980s version of Firestarter. Firestarter. <laughs> that one was doing that the whole time. <laughs> She's a Firestarter. <laughs> you just can't. I mean, you just can't. Yeah, you can't if you know that song. Yeah, I was re-listening. We hate movies. Did a uh, episode on the 80s movie, a Firestarter, mm. and they did that too. But I mean, you just can't. Like when you say Firestarter, that's the first thing that's going to come to mind. Absolutely. Which, rest in peace, that guy, the blonde-haired guy who Aww. was doing that. He died of suicide? I can't remember, but yeah, he's the guy that's like, I'm a fire starter. Yeah. But this one's quite a bit different in some spots. They're, you know, it's still similar in story, but the movie from the 80s is more like the book. Mm. And I can go over kind of how similar, but yeah, basically, movie is still, the plot's still similar as a little girl has fire powers. Yeah, you know, when this movie opened and it showed the baby, mm-hmm. I'm like, I already don't trust this baby. I look at a baby and I'm like, I don't trust you. Yeah, I, I put it in my notes. I'm reading it here now that I thought she was going to like have a little cigarette and start it with her thumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, my God, she's got firepowers. It was, it was, I don't know if it was the music that was playing, but something was just like, this kid's not right. You really don't get that in the old movie. Like, basically how the old one plays out is we start right away. The father and daughter are on the run. And you get flashbacks of the father and her mother meeting in this trial for this drug called Lot 6. Mm. And they tell them it's just like a experimental drug, you know, treatment. And some people will get a placebo. Others will get the real thing. They just want to see if it works. And from that, a lot of people get, like, these superpowers. Gotcha. Well, I mean, and in this movie, they were like in college. Mm-hmm. So I could totally get it. There's a lot of college people that do all these trial things to get extra money. So if they yeah. were even like, so how bad is it? Or, <laughs> you know, what's the side effects? They were even kind of questioning it. But I, then I can kind of see like it kind of wouldn't matter because they probably just needed the money. Yeah. You no, know, exactly. Because. That's what you get. The first thing you see is that the baby sets its little, um, whatever those things are called. You put it over the crib. I mean, people are yelling it out right now. To entertain them. We don't have kids. No. But it's like of the solar system and the baby sets it on fire. Yeah. And the mom and daughter, the mom and Zac Efron, who's the dad, get her out of there. And then it's like, fire starter. And you can see the connection that the dad has. Because when that lit on fire, he was like his... Spidey senses was like, yeah, something's not right. I think it's supposed to be, I can't really remember it very well from the original one, but I think they have some kind of psychic powers. Like the dad has the ability to do what they call a push, which is make people like act however he wants, do what he wants or see whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. And the mom kind of has like psychic abilities. So, yeah, I think they both kind of have that. The daughter doesn't really have that in the original, like with Drew Barrymore. Oh, really? They do it one time, and it's completely dropped. When they're at the farmhouse in the original movie, she's like, Daddy, the military, or she's like, the guy, bad guys are coming for us. So she can kind of, like, see that they're on their way. Hmm. And then they never do it again. But in this, she kind of has, like, psychic abilities. A little. like yeah. Almost like an intuition mm-hmm. of some sort. 
The dad tells her where he's at later. She sees the building. So I didn't, I don't know. This movie is quite a bit different than the original one. The best thing it has going for it, though, is the soundtrack by John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. His music is great. At the end when they're in the facility and everything's going down, like you really can feel the oh, John yeah. Carpenter score. <laughs> Oh, I can't it's do the it. it's the piano. It's like ding 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 ding, ding. and you got the like the synthesizer like ding 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 ding. Yeah, you're the music person. <laughs> Scott does the music for all of our our episodes, by the way. Yes, yeah, I tried. I work was working on a new one, but got busy, and I did have it, and it just did. I put it on an episode and listened to it, and I was critiquing it more than I probably needed to. No, I hear that. I was like, yeah, this isn't ready. So we get some things of like the the parents and some backgrounds of it. I mean, like the Zach Efron talks to his daughter. It's like really early in the morning, I guess, and she's just playing with a Zippo in the kitchen. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like every kid. I don't know. I I I enjoyed playing with fire when I was a kid. I like. I just thought it was cool. Like we had these tiki torches we'd put out on the porch mm. or the patio in the backyard, and I would like light sticks on fire and be like, "Yeah!" Wow. I don't know. Doesn't every kid have like a pyro kind of phase where they're like, "Ooh, fire! That's crazy. What is that?" I think I tried to light something on fire and I just couldn't get it going. Yeah, and that's kind of still to this day. If I ever want, like, we have limbs that we burn. Yeah, and if I ever want to get them going, I, well, every time I use some sort of like lighter flu- fluid. Fluid. Yeah, like you use on your grill. Mm-hmm. Or before we had some gas. <laughs> mm. That was a little dangerous. I prefer lighter fluid. Dude, my dad burned a stump in our backyard with gasoline one time. That that light's on way too much. It like, was insane. I have singed my hair. <laughs> <laughs> and the neighbors are probably like, oh, God. <laughs> so the, the whole thing behind this is basically like... Yeah, you see it in the credits. You see, like, interviews of Zac Efron and the mother mm. being interviewed by Kurtwood Smith, the dad from that 70s show, who was wasted in this movie. Yeah. He's in it one time. You hear his voice at the beginning, and then he's in one scene, and that's it. But basically, he's interviewing them, and he's like, hey, your, uh, your family ever had any issues with psychotic breaks or whatever? And they're like, what, what does this have to do with this? And, but he's the doctor, basically, that came up with this stuff. That yeah. they, they got in, injected with. I guess you're to assume, like, I think this movie does a better job of explaining it. The original doesn't. But, like, they got this drug. They got psychic abilities or whatever. And then they had their baby later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. her So, name it is in their DNA now. Mm-hmm. And it passes on to the baby. Yeah, and That's Charlie. That's that happens. <laughs> Yes, and her name is Charlie, and she gets psychic powers and other powers, too, you kind of see. We do get to see kind of what Zac Efron is doing with his time before, you know, all the shit goes down. And he's like a self-help guru, like a psychic in like this little strip mall time, it looks like. Hell yeah, I'd pay him $100. I guess he says he needs to do it several times, though, So because the lady is like, you'll help me stop smoking? And he's like, sure, sure, whatever you th- whatever you say. But he basically uses his powers to be like, you will stop smoking. Yeah. Stop. It's like that old family guy gag where he's like, they put smoking uh, subliminal messages in old uh, shows. And it's like, hey, how's it going, everybody? Smoke. I want to know what's going to happen with our kids. Smoke. (laughs) But he's just like, don't smoke. And he starts crying like a tear of blood. Yeah. For me, I would want it to be like, eat healthier and exercise. Yeah. (laughs) Same, but I'll be like, can you do several? Like, can you do, you need, you have good self-esteem, eat healthy and exercise? Yeah, all that. (laughs) Yeah, I'd have to go back a lot. The poor guy, I'd probably kill him. Yeah, because that's the thing is that he can't use his powers very much without it really hurting. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of what they touch on later is that Charlie, having been born with it, can use her powers without any issue. Okay, that makes sense. I thought at the end, though, not to jump too far ahead, I thought she was like, Maybe it was just exhaustion. Yeah, I think so. I think she hasn't used it very much, so she kind of gets a little tired. But every time Zac Efron uses his power, he starts crying a little tear of blood. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he. I think in this one he makes a little mention that, you know, it's like, oh, I can't use it very much anymore or it hurts too much when I use it. Right. But Charlie is untapped. She can do whatever she wants. And I think it's Kurtwood Smith later says to like, well, maybe later she can do an atom bomb. 
Yeah. And I think that is also why he suggested to, um, what did he say? Killer. Eliminate her. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what was his words. I'm like, whoa, okay. She's dangerous. Yeah, they do make a period joke at the beginning when Zac Efron's talking to her. She's like, something feels off in my body. And he's like, you need to talk to your mom about this. Yeah, go to your mom. I'm like, okay. (laughs) You know goddamn well that's not what she's probably talking about. no. It burns. (laughs) (laughs) I think you still need to talk to your mom. (laughs) I start fires with people. You definitely need to talk to your mom. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing I do find that's funny is every time Zac Efron uses his little power, so the audience gets an idea that he's using it as he cricks his neck. It's like, oh yeah, you do that. Yeah. Do you know you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, sometimes it just feels, but you hear it crick, and I guess that's for the audience to be like, oh, is that is he using his powers now? I see him crick his neck. He must be. <laughs> you can't just be like, we need you to take us to take us somewhere. I will take you somewhere. Like. Yeah, he just used his powers, obviously, but now he's like, "We're smart enough to know, okay?" <laughs> he's like, "Excuse me, give me one second. <laughs> Can you take us to a take us to a safe place?" Like, well, since you cricked your neck, I got to, right? Mm, he cricked his neck. Which I makes trust me him. think: Do you have superpowers? Are you doing shit to me? <laughs> no, no, no. It's crazy when I lay down and read in bed, and I'll like get up to go to the bathroom or something. My neck feels stiff from just kind of like laying down, mm. and I'll do that. I'm like, no, like no. oh, oh, yeah. Um, at some point, we do get a scene of Charlie in school. She is dissecting frogs with this little shit, redheaded kid. God, I want to punch him in the face. Yeah, he's basically just making fun of her the yeah. whole time and calling her a freak and stuff. Uh, I don't remember exactly how it plays out, but at one point, they're playing dodgeball. And these kids make fun of her, so she runs into the bathroom. She's, like, so pissed off, and every time she gets mad, like, her fire powers start to kick in. Yeah, well, they hit her in the back of the head. Yes. Like, he Mm. just threw the ball to the back of her head. And even those red balls that you usually play Mm -hmm. kickball with, they sting. Yeah, I remember when we did it in high school, back in, like, the early 2000s, just to show you, they were foam. They weren't. Oh, really? Yeah, they okay. weren't like hard rubber. <laughs> Ours was red rubber. Yeah. I just remember that. I mean, they it was thin rubber. It wasn't like a soccer ball or mm-hmm. anything like that. But damn. Yeah. It'd leave a red mark, that's for sure. It would, yeah. So, you know, she can't control her anger. Despite all of her rage, she's still a fire starter in this cage. Fire <laughs> Spite all my rage, I'm still mm, just, just a fire starter. Oh, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> Uh, she runs into the bathroom, and her teachers like the one thing I hated about this is the teachers don't reprimand the kids. Like if you see a kid bullying another one, you'd be like, "Hey, knock that off." Thank you. Yes, but they're just like, "Oh, mm. like, she's got to learn." She's just new, different. So this is just what happens. She's just a kid. She's gonna learn. But yeah, the Charlie runs into the bathroom, and all the sinks turn on. She turns them on. Oh, right, right. I guess if there's a fire, the water will be okay. Yeah, she... Just trying to drown out all the negative stuff in her head. Have you done this before? <laughs> Run into the bathroom and turn... Is that why the sinks are on all the time? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she turns them on and runs into the bathroom and closes the door, and the teacher is like, comes in and is like, Charlie, are you okay? And the door looks like it's like getting beat from within. It's like... And then it gets... Fire pushes it and knocks it off the door, and the teacher gets blown back. Pretty scary. And she's like, holy shit. It would be funny if she her eyebrows were gone. <laughs> Charlie's are the teachers. Both. <laughs> I know, the teachers, for real, though. She, like, her hair was gone. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> she's just like, got, like, three degree burns all over. Yeah. yeah, sure. The principal and them invite Zac Efron and the mom, and they're like, something crazy happened. We, we need to know what's going on. And. You think Zac Efron would use his powers, but maybe it's too much for two people. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Some of the stuff I'm just like, it just seems weird, logically. Yeah. I know none of this is real, but just if I'm trying to make sense out of it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, in the original, you don't get any Charlie at school. You just get some flashbacks of what happened. They call the the government agency in the original one the shop, and they just call it whatever in this one. I'm surprised they don't homeschool her. That's very true. I didn't think of that. 
I mean, I'm sure at that time that was a thing. I mean, it's always kind of been a thing. It, it is, yeah. I mean, in the original one, they t- they kind of show her how to use her powers a little bit. The, the mom's like, well, she, I don't think they, they show her, like, getting trained, but they show her using it a little bit. The dad's like, oh, can you can you uh, burn this piece of toast a little bit for me? And mm. in that one, she sets her mom's gloves on fire because they're arguing a little bit. Her mom's wearing, like, um, oven mitts, and she sets them on fire, and the mom quickly takes them off. She's like, oh, shit. Yeah, in this movie, there was one time Charlie asked her mom if she was afraid of her, mm-hmm. and I knew her mom lied. Well, yeah, of like, course. Of course not, honey. And I'm like, you are scared. <laughs> of course. I would be scared. Even if it wasn't my daughter, if it was just like a friend, mm-hmm. then I'd be like, I don't want to upset you. It, it would be like that episode of The Simpsons where Bart, that's ha- the Treehouse of Horror, where Bart has powers and he can make people do whatever he wants. And everybody is just super nice to him. <laughs> it's like, that's all you would have. You'd just be like, you want to stay up till midnight? That's fine. Okay. Zach Efron's like yelling at this kid. Yeah. He's like, God damn it, Charlie, do not use your fucking powers. <laughs> and then the mom gets set on fire. <laughs> yeah. But later, Charlie's like, it was supposed to be you. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was kind of like, whoa, fuck. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. Yeah, they're, um, I guess the mom was standing in the way. <laughs> they they are arguing because they're like, God damn, we're like, we're, we're, our cover's blown. They know about Charlie. And if that's the case, then the government's going to be not far behind. And they're yelling, and Zac Efron's like, Charlie, you fucking moron! He's just, like, yelling at this kid. He was pretty mean. And I'm like, do you you know what your daughter can do? I I mean, uh, hello. And Charlie's like, Dad, I'm so fucking mad at you. I'm gonna set Mom on fire. (laughs) I think it just goes to show how uh, untrained she is. Yeah, yeah, because the mom's arms, her sleeves of her shirt get set on fire. Mm -hmm. And then... You're like, oh, maybe she, I think she takes her jacket off or something in this, right? Or I don't know if they do or just put it out. I think Zach uh, puts it out. Yeah, because later you, you see him like putting, like helping her with her arms and her arms are burned to fucking shit. They're bad. You're like, oh my God. And she can't go to the hospital because then, you know, the bad people can track them. True. Yeah, true. But like, I, I fell down the stairs. <laughs> and got these burns um because doesn't someone look at her burns and she say oh it's not that she does cover it up later because one thing we didn't say is when the mom is on fire charlie calls 911 mm. and they're like hello hello this is 911 and the dad's like hang the phone up yeah and they do and i'm like that's the dumb thing you can be like my daughter got a hold of the phone i am so sorry but no he's like hang up on them right away so they'll send cops here absolutely because <laughs> that's what happens <laughs> Because, yeah, the cops show up and they're like, hey, we uh, got a 911 call that disconnected from here and we want to make sure everything's fine. And the mom has bandages all over her arms and the officer kind of looks at her like, what the fuck was that? Didn't she say that there was a oven fire or something? I think so. Yeah, something like that. Like, oh, a fire oven, I burned my arm or something like that. Because, mm. yeah, I think the police officer's kind of like, domestic dispute? Yeah, they're like, you know, you can tell us if you're not safe. Yeah. She's, she's like, like, no, it's nothing like that. I got she's down. like, oh, thank God. My daughter can start fires. <laughs> Get her out of here. <laughs> yeah, she's, I have it in my notes here. She says it was a grease fire. Yeah. I mean, that happens. So at this point, we get introduced to John Rainbird. Yeah. He, so I'll, I'll tell you a bit about his character in the original and from the book is he is an assassin type guy. Assassin. Assassin. He um, he is hired by the shop to like take care of shit. And in the original one, he's played by George C. Scott. Which let me get a picture of him, and I I wish I showed you. Yeah, you did. He's totally a, different. He is a white man playing a man named John Rainbird. <laughs> so at least in this one, they were like, you know, if we're gonna have a Native American character, maybe we can cast a Native American man. You know, maybe a name. Yeah, have a Native American name and have a. A white man play it. Sure. But, but they're like, well, if he's going to be a Native American, we're going to have to make his character like a piece of shit. Like they keep him in uh, a cell all the time and he's a janitor. God. We can't have him be an equal. Of course not. He's mopping up the floors in this prison when we first meet him. And he goes home and he's got like a bunch of tattoos on his back and shit. And he gets a phone call and the shop's like, we need you again, John Rainbird. 
Mm. Like, but we need them alive. Yeah, this time we don't need you to kill them. Yeah, because in the original one, George C. Scott, he's he got to be in his sixties or fifties or sixties in the original movie. Kind of how it plays out in that one is he has a like a fake eye, like it, it looks like his eye is dead, like. Ooh. But he, I guess originally, and you can listen to the We Hate Movies episode on it. He got an eye infection from the contact he was using, so he started wearing an eye patch instead. Nice. They cover that up in the movie by him being like, well, I'm going to go talk to this little girl, Charlie. I don't want to scare her with my dead eye. I'm going to put an eye patch on so she's not freaked out. But basically what happens in that is that the dad and and Charlie get kidnapped by the shop, and they get taken to this facility. And John Raidbird's role is to basically like try and be her friend. He pretends to be a janitor in that to her, and he's like, oh. "Like, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a kindly old janitor with an eye patch," and he like befriends her, tries to become like a second father to her. For some reason in the movie, he he tells the lead of the shop that he wants to have her powers for himself to use in the afterlife. Oh, okay. He's like, maybe I could use her her fire powers in the afterlife. I don't know. Huh? And you're like, how does that work? Never mind. Okay. And he's like, when I get her powers. I'm going to put my hand and break her fucking nose into her brain. Oh, God. Because you see him do that earlier to a guy. The scientist who invented this shit, I'm assuming, in the original one's like, this is dangerous shit. So here's a quick little interjection here. By the way, I edit this. It'll sound like I'm just starting to talk about this out of nowhere. (laughs) But I saw the mail go by while we were in my office back here. I got in my car, chased her down, (laughs) got the mail from her. She did have the game. So I don't have to worry about that mailbox getting put up. I will, but not freaking out. I don't even know where we left off. <laughs> so um, I think basically is he's trying to play as like a kindly old uncle to her mm-hmm. to get her powers somehow. How? They can't be transferred. Like nothing, nothing has indicated that it can be transferred. I don't know. I, I really don't know. In this one, John Rainbird is just an uh, assassin. He, he shows up at their house one day because after the big fight, Zac Efron and the daughter go and get like ice cream or something. Yeah, to calm her ass down. I guess. And he's just like to the wife. I think he tells her to like keep packing so they can be gone by the time they get back. Yeah. And maybe the ice cream kind of let kind of puts the fire completely out. Maybe. <laughs> inside of her soul. He just throws ice cream on her later. <laughs> She's freaking out. <laughs> I'd be freaking out all the time. Be like, yeah, give me some Andes. She's like, this damn homework. <gasps> I'd be freaking out at her. She's like, I stubbed my toe. Please don't kill me. Oh, my God. But John Raidbird, he shows up here and he has the mom hostage. And he looks like the, the Native American guy basically from uh, Fargo season two, like the unstoppable killer dude. He was the Native American guy, Hanzi. He had the knife and he was just killing people left and right. Mm-hmm. I know you're shaking your head, but I know you don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, what happens here is that the mom and him get into a fight. This is where the mom kind of uses her psychic powers to, like, throw shit at him. Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, he's, like, walking down the hallway after her, and she's, like, throwing, like, pictures and stuff off the wall while he's walking by. And he, Rainbird grabs the mom, and she says something for some reason that sets off, like, a huge thing in his head where she's like, when you see her, you will understand. And regret. And regret, yeah. And that, like, totally changes his personality later, I guess. I don't know. Um, but we do see Efron and Charlie come home. And you would think from the fight that Rainbird and the mom had, this place would be trashed. Yes, and then knowing that people are after them would set off some alarm alarm bells. Yes, because they come in and... I guess there's nothing wrong with the living room because they're like, oh, I'm going to let me go get your mom. And as Zac Efron walks down the hallway, he sees all the shit on the ground. Mm-hmm. He's like, hmm, she's really packing in a hurry, isn't she? <laughs> she's destroying this place. I Jesus. can't believe it. But you're right. Yeah, the mom does fall out of like the laundry. She's dead. And Zac Efron walks back into the living room and, and John Rainbird has a knife to Charlie's throat. Mm-hmm. Well, this the mom falls out later because... Uh, Charlie gets out of Rainbird's hold somehow. She blur- she blows him back, if I remember right. That's right. <laughs> this movie, I tell you what, 
this is this shows you how good this movie is is that we've watched it last week we have our notes in front of us and we're having trouble remembering it yeah <laughs> it does not really stick with you <laughs> like elvis for some reason that movie stuck with me quite a bit after i watched it i just watched it yesterday actually yeah. And I couldn't get nothing but a hound dog. Yeah. Like that is stuck in my fucking head. The song he sings at the Christmas special is stuck in my head. It was like, uh, he's like, we're stuck in a clown <laughs> with too much rain. I was like, I don't know why. I learned that song on guitar because I had it in my head and now it's just permanently stuck. Uh, it was a good movie, though. Yeah, it was really good. I don't know if he's going to win the Oscar, like mm, people saying. I don't know. He, that guy that played Elvis, is going to be the main villain in the next Dune movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, Dune Part 2. I didn't know that Colonel, what's his face? Colonel Tom Parker? Yeah, I didn't know he was, the actor was... Tom Hanks? Yeah, that's right. I'm like, I know this guy. Really? He was, uh, I guess, up for a Razzie for his performance. I, I saw people bitching about that, and it's because he has this accent. He's like... I saw Elvis, and he was the most exciting thing I've mm-hmm. ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. But I guess the real Colonel Tom didn't have an accent. Well, maybe that's not his fault. Like, he, you can watch interviews with him, and he kind of sounds normal. Like, I think he really was from the Netherlands or wherever they say he was from. But, like, he didn't really have much of an accent. There's an interview, and he's like, Yeah, Elvis, I want a lot of money, and uh, he owed me money and stuff. And, like, you know, he kind of sounds like a hick, but Tom Hanks is like, Oh, fuck, I'm filming that Elvis movie tomorrow. Uh, 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 Let's see. uh, uh, Yes, Elvis. That's that's perfect. It's just kind of like a, you know, I picture, like, putting your fingers together. Just like, yeah, exactly. That's kind of the accent I'm getting from it. But I don't, was it Tom Hanks's idea or the director's idea? I don't know, because there's been so much media attention about how in-depth Austin Butler went to make it sound like Elvis and do everything like Elvis. Right. And then Tom Hanks is over here like, yes, I'm just going to wing this one. I'm just going to fuck this right up. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hurry, I sound exactly like Elvis. I move exactly like Elvis. Uh, yes, hello, Elvis. Uh, would you like something to eat? I'm going to charge you money. <laughs> he sounds like Conan O'Brien doing a German person. Where he's like, yes, we are from Germany. <laughs> does. I am Elvis's manager. <laughs> like, uh, cut, Tom. Tom. Tom, what what are you doing? You're going to have a million Cadillacs. <laughs> <laughs> I kept a journal. You owe me eight million dollars. <laughs> Like, Tom, here's an interview where he is, and he's like, repeat after me. I'm Colonel Tom Parker. I'm Colonel Tom Parker! (laughs) So we're going to switch and talk about Elvis the rest Uh, of this thing. It's so funny. Well, I'm just saying that this movie doesn't really hold much, and I could go over the plot for you real quick right here if you want to go back to Elvis. So they escape. Yeah, she blows John Rainbird back with her firepowers, and they get out. There is a very fucked up scene where she kills a cat. <laughs> oh my god, right? It's very, very... And I, I know they're playing it like she didn't mean to. Because, like, they're sleeping on the side of the road. And Charlie gets out of the car and is, like, walking around this place. And there's a stray cat. Yeah. And she's like, oh, hey, kitty. And I think the cat hisses at her. And her reaction is to burn it to death. And scratches her. Oh, yeah. Normal. Yeah. I mean, cats do that. They're assholes. Okay. But they don't deserve to be set on fire. Yeah, I do like kind of what they did where Zac Efron comes in and he sees the... It's so sad the cat is still alive. Yeah. And it's like... And he's like, uh, Charlie. He's like, oh my God. Like, you know, you can't can't do this. And he's like, but if you do it, you have to end it. Right. And Put it like, out of its misery. He's like, you can't let it suffer. And he's like, that is... That's the, the, the debt that comes with this power that you have. And I was like, all right, that... Kind of pulling a Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibilities. True. True that. <laughs> but she burns it to death again and be like, yeah, why don't you just end it by burning it some more? Why don't you just like step yeah. on it or something? Or I, I don't know. There's got to be a more humane way than just burning it again. <laughs> I don't know. Because this thing's like, meh. Like, as soon as I saw the cat, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. Scott didn't tell me a cat died in this. I Not in the original, I don't think. I don't like watching movies with animals and i'd never seen this one before it was pretty quick though it didn't make me cry or anything yeah because i think it's a cgi cat when she burns it true it did look a little fake so here we go we get 
the main lady of the government agency, Hollister is her name. Your favorite actress in this movie. So I had to look her up because I'm like, <laughs> I've seen her before. She was on ER for quite some time. Mm. I think she got AIDS on that show. Oh. Like they get or HIV in the show or something. Because nobody got away free in that show. Like Mark True. Green got cancer. Noah Wiley was a drug addict. She got HIV, I think, from a patient or some blood or whatever. I can't remember the whole thing now, but... She's the head of the shop. Her name's Hollister. And she is acting like she was just told that, like, her mom died in a car accident. Her face the whole time, her eyes are super bugged out. Just bulged. Like, I don't know if she even blinks in this movie. Because right here, she comes and I think they talk to John Rainbird for a bit. She talks to him first where she's like, oh, you know, these people are like you. Because I guess Rainbird has powers as well. I don't know if they ever mentioned that. Yeah, but- they did. They suggested just you know slightly i don't i hate to say that because i feel like we should remember this stuff but i don't remember exactly how they do it but they do mention that you guys are similar this is not a movie that sticks with you it just doesn't i mean because she goes and visits kurt wood smith who is the doctor that made this shit and this is his only scene yes and it's what we talked about before where she's like we're trying to find them. And my eyes are bugged out, too. I'm doing the whole thing. And she brings them, like, what, these little pixie sticks? I Different colored pixie sticks that's, like, it look powder. Yeah. Well, he's in an insane asylum. He's a little disturbed. I mean, I can tell that. Yeah, she's like, we're going to find. And he's like, oh, he's like, what we did was not right. We, we shouldn't have been doing this, dumbass. No, that's what he said in that 70s show all the time. <laughs> yeah. And he's like... She, she's coming into her power. She's becoming a young woman. I'm like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, if she has minor powers now and she becomes an adult, she might be able to drop an atom bomb on somebody and you must kill her. Yeah. And the Hollister, the lead, is like, well, I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> we, we're going to use her as a weapon. Yeah, because she's, she's like, we can train her. Duh. Because that's what CIA people do. Yeah. Um, back with Zac Efron and Charlie, they're walking down the road and they meet this dude, Irv. Um, in the eighties version, Irv is a kindly man who has a wife. She's not in like a coma. Hmm. They're just a married couple living on the farm and he brings them to the house. Okay. There is a very funny scene because he's like, uh, the dad in the eighties version is like, well, this is my daughter, Rebecca or whatever. And he's like, my, my wife is giving birth and we need to get to the Chicago or something. So, but in the 80s, when Charlie gives it away, she's like, well, my mom used to say this to me every night. Aww. And so the dad like brings the other dad in, or the farm guy brings the dad in. He's like, let me ask you a question. Uh, do you kidnap that girl? Oh, damn. <laughs> and that's when he's like, no, no, I'm her father. We're being chased by the government. And the, like a whole bunch of government comes in and shoots the guy, which I guess kind of happens here. And yeah. they get away. But in the 80s one, at the end of the movie, Charlie goes and lives with the elderly couple on the farm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because this one kind of ends very abruptly. Yeah, it. this whole scene was, a, I don't know, slow but fast. Yeah, he does uh, <laughs> He does something here that's kind of in the original, well, it is, where he tells uh, Irv when he's trying to pick him up. He's like, look, we need to get here. We need to go to Chicago or whatever. And Irv's like, I can't go that far. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. And he's like, look. How about $100 and it's a dollar bill? Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. He does that to a taxi driver in the 80s. He's like, look, could you take us here? And he's like, here's... And he, whenever he does his powers in the old one, yeah, I showed you it and I totally forgot about that, but it does sound effects where it's like... And it's like... Like someone's like DJing it. Beatboxing to and he's like using it and he's like bleeding from the nose <laughs> that'd be so funny to do out in public to somebody and you're behind me doing the beatboxing thing and i have my hands up to my head well that's what he does in the 80s version is he holds his hands to his head every single time he doesn't crack his neck like efron but yeah he's just standing out in the middle of the street and it's like holding his hands to his head oh my god okay but this guy, Irv, his name's Irv Manders. He takes them to the farm. He talks about, like, watching TV shows and shit. He's like, oh, I was watching Netflix the other day. And he references, like, Netflix and TV that he watches. This guy has a thing where he, like, has a very normal reaction to things. And then he, like, is like, well, I'm, I'm so sorry. I overreact. Like, 
His wife is in a coma, and she's in, like, her own room, and Charlie sneaks into this room. And he's like, God damn it, I told you not to get in that, that, don't go in that room. And Zac Efron's like, I'm, I'm so sorry, we didn't know. And he's like, well, you're right, I'm sorry, I overreact. I'm like, no, this was very... Yeah, no. You, that was exactly the right reaction. Uh-huh. And when he finds out that they're wanted, because he's watching TV, and it shows them on the news being wanted, he's like, God damn, I knew you guys are wanted... God damn it, get out of my fucking, killed your wife, get out of here. Yeah. And he's like, that's not true. He's like, well, I'm sorry, I overreacted. That, I told you, I overreact. I already called the cops. <laughs> I did call the cops, though. Yeah, because they're wanted for murder. The government is pinning the the wife's murder on them. Right. Saying that Zac Efron killed her and kidnapped the daughter. Shit. The way that they convince Irv that she does have powers is she tells him what his wife is saying. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, she was in a car accident and it killed our young boy and she she made it out, but she's like paralyzed now. Yeah, but what really happened yeah. is totally different. Well, go ahead. Oh, God, I'm supposed to remember this. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> what really happened is he was driving, they were arguing, and I, I still don't know if the accident was their fault, but they, they ended up running into another car. Another car hit them because yeah. they weren't paying attention and that killed their son in paralyzed her yeah she's in like a coma almost yeah catatonic and zach efron's like i told see it i told you like she's she can you know do this magic and and she's like oh your your wife also says one thing it's your fault she's yeah like, she I hates for- you and you need to kill her now <laughs> throw her in a pool um no she says she forgives you yeah and it- he's like oh my god it was a lot nicer than what we would have done <laughs> <laughs> Well, the um, the weird thing is, is that like he's like wasted, because when he's yelling at Zac Efron, Zac Efron's like, "Herb, you are drunk," and it's like seven in the morning. Well, because he's depressed because he killed his son and you know pretty much ended his wife's life. Yeah, there I'd is be drinking too. Pretty much, yeah. There, there is kind of a fake news type thing, and I don't know if they were doing that because of Trump or how it is today. But Irv is like, the TV said you killed your wife, and he's like. No, Irv, the, the news. When does the news ever tell the truth? And he's like, mm. why would the news lie to me? Oh, boy. I'm like, uh, are you doing like a fake news thing? Or oh, anything? boy. I don't know. Maybe they weren't doing anything to do with like the current political scene, but that definitely made me feel like that. Where they're like, the news is lying to you. And like, why would they? Yeah. <laughs> but no, they always tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. Irv has called the cops and they're there. And Irv's like, let me take care of this. I'll take care of this. And he basically tells the cops that he was watching the news and saw that about them, and he fell asleep and had a dream that they were at his ranch. That's what he says. And then overreacted. (laughs) You know I overreact. Because that's what he does. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, uh, and they're like, are you, he's like, I've I've been drinking, I'm drunk, Mm -mm. I I dreamt that they were here and they're not. And they're like, oh, well, can we take a look around? And out of nowhere, John Rainbird starts murdering all these people. Yeah, the cops and everything. Yeah, he's killing the cops, kills Irv Manders here, which in the original, he gets shot in the shoulder. And then basically what happens in the original is Charlie destroys all the cops' vehicles and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's it. But yeah, John Rainbird kills everybody and Zac Efron tricks him so Charlie can get away. Right. He makes it think he makes it seem like the forest where Charlie's running into like there's nothing there. Mhm. Which I thought was kind of neat. It's interesting. Yeah. And John Rainbird basically he captures Zac Efron here. Yeah. And doesn't the cops like the government show up and take John Rainbird in too? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Cuz this is where he like he puts his gun down and gets on his knees like he's a wanted criminal now too and they mm-hmm. take both of them in. Mhm. <laughs> they really treat this guy like shit. And yeah, so Charlie's in the woods, and what I found so funny is that, like, five minutes in, she's already, like, scavenging for berries. Yeah. And drinking out of a stream, like she's some wild animal. As if she's been taught this, like, it, it is funny, she does eat some berries and then quickly spits them back up. Yeah. Like, so she's like, well, these are poison, but, like, you're, you're, like, ten years old, how have you ever been taught this? Yeah, and you're probably used to them having sugar in them, and you have no idea what they taste right off the vine. Yeah, it'd be funny if she, like, it shows her or making... The bush. Off the bush. <laughs> the bush. It shows her making, like, a shelter. She's got, like, a yeah. shelter of leaves that looks like a house. She does make a fire. Yeah. Well, she can do that pretty easily. Yeah, well, 
Ayastata. Um, <laughs> but she does practice a little bit too, which I thought was kind of a, a little almost like Kung Fu Zen-like. Like, I must practice my powers to save the world. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, she's got to practice. And um, it does remind me, I just watched Swiss Army Man. Which we need to watch. I think you would enjoy that too. But there is a scene where they're like they're tra- they're lost in the woods, and he makes a car out of like woods. Mm. It's not like a real one, but it's funny. They're sitting in it like it's made out of branches and stuff, and it'd just be funny if she made one and was driving away. It looks like a very silly, weird, funny movie. It it is. It's actually very heart heartbreaking, heartwarming too, because this guy's lost in the forest. But I can't say anything because yeah, I don't, don't want to give anything away. Don't spoil. But the trailers is he's using Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, as his Swiss Army man. He like uses him as a gun, uses him like to chop wood in half. He like pulls his arm back and lets it go. And it's like Poosh! so funny. <laughs> I know it's so weird. It is funny, but it's definitely not what you think. It's it's from the guys that did Everything Everywhere All at Once. That oh, okay, that makes sense. The movie they did before Everywhere. Mm-hmm. So basically, I mean, we could wrap this up pretty quick. I mean, it. It just doesn't feel like much happens in this. Not really. I mean, it's pretty... I think they stretch it out. but And there's just a few main things that happen, and it's it's done. Yeah, I mean, because basically when now what's happened is Zac Efron is getting tortured. Hollister, the head of... And I just looked it up. They do call this group DSI. Oh, DSI. Not DSI CIA. Miami. <laughs> DSI these nuts. <laughs> do you... <laughs> Do you see? <laughs> Do you see these nuts? No. Um, he's getting, and Hollister is like, you need to help bring her in because she going to kill people. And she says it weird. I have it in my notes. I don't remember it very well. While Charlie's in the forest, she does see a vision of the building that Zac Efron is keeping, is being held in. She like is in the forest and she looks over and she sees it and then the building disappears. So she's like, oh, well, that's where I got to go. Hmm. And we do know that she knows how to use her powers now because she encounters a group of kids in like a suburban like cul-de-sac area. Right. And for some reason, every kid in this movie is a piece of shit. Yeah, to this little girl that they don't even know. She's covered in dirt and shit like that. And these kids are riding bikes in the neighborhood and it shows them come back around and circle her. <laughs> and they start like talking trash to her, if I remember right. Like bullies. I don't know if kids act like that today. I don't know. I, I don't know. Just movies are so strange. And in Stephen King books, people are so mean. Mm, well, you know. In It, people are crazy, but I think they explain that off by saying it's the clown, like, kind of affecting the whole town. Mm-hmm. But she pulls a Terminator here because she talks to a kid and she's like, give me your bike. <laughs> I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> and the other kids are like the fuck are you talking about and the kid gets, starts to give her his bike and they're like what what are you doing dude yeah and she looks at the others and it's a quick cut she's riding off she's got one kid's jacket she's got another kid's like sandwich and riding the kid's bike yeah and they're left like with i don't know one of them doesn't have any pants on yeah it was just kind of weird because she's like where's the coast at and they all point like towards north or whatever and she rides off so that's to be like, she can use her powers now. Mm-hmm. Not just fire, but she can also use her powers to control people. Yeah, she's badass. So we get a very weird kind of like small little play in this movie here for a minute where it's this dude walking out of the building where Zac Efron is. And he's talking to his wife on the phone. And you stay with this guy for a little bit where he's like, oh, what did he say about the baby? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. You just hang on this dude for quite some time. And then he gets in his car and, and he sees that Charlie's in the back seat. Right. But you're like, why do we follow? Why do we need to know that this guy's wife is pregnant? <laughs> but she's. I guess because of how it ends. Yeah, because she's like, she's like, do you have a gun? And he's like, no. They, he's like, I'm, I'm just a lowly man in this building. They don't let us keep guns. And she's like, I need your key card. And he gives it to her and. She's like, where's my dad at? And he's like, well, I, again, I don't know these types of things. They don't tell my department that. And meanwhile, he's reaching for the gun that he's got. And yeah. he starts to pull it and she... She can see. Yeah. She sees what he's doing. And yeah, she she sets him on fire. And he's still alive. And she remembers. She was like, it's my job to end it or whatever. She, she repeats back what Zac Efron said to her. And she incinerates this dude. Oh, I can't just hurt people. I have to kill them. 
Oh, true. <laughs> that is what needs to happen. Yes, yes, yes. It's true, true. Killing people is the more desirable thing to mm-hmm. do than hurting people. Right. <laughs> I don't think you took his uh, took his meaning right there. <laughs> I mean, the burns that he had. Yes, he was probably going to die anyway. Yeah. So, um, but you couldn't have just like singed his hands a little to so he doesn't grab his gun. Well, it, it, it is a black man in this movie, so it would kind of be hard to do, but it would be funnier if it was a white guy, and every time she did it, he was like a little more tan. <laughs> yeah. She's like, where's my dad? He's like, oh, he's like a little sunburn. It's so funny. <laughs> As I keep cutting back, he's just darker and darker because she's burning him. This is where John Carpenter's score, as we mentioned earlier, really kicks in and kind of just keeps going until the end of the movie. Because mm-hmm. the movie is about to wrap up. It, it ends pretty damn quick. Sure does. But yeah, his score is really kicking off here. And I'm like, okay, this is John Carpenter. Like, that that's awesome. I love his music that he does. We see her sneaking through the building. She takes cameras down and stuff like that. And she does find her dad. She walks through and finds Zac Efron. And Hollister is there. She's like, Charlie, please, you know, you gotta, you gotta help, you know, turn yourself in and we could do great things together. She's trying to reason with her. Mm. And Zac Efron is like, you gotta kill me, baby. (laughs) You gotta murder me. Kill me. I mean, the psychological damage. Oh, that's not even the worst part. The worst part is that he takes control of her and makes her do it. I know. He's like, he pushes her, you know, with his mind and he starts bleeding again, but... He takes over and he's like, burn. And she burns not only Hollister, but Zac Efron as well. Her dad. Her dad. And now she's an orphan. Well, not at the end of the movie, I I guess. But but she's going to be fucked in the head. For a little bit. She's an orphan. (laughs) My dad made me kill myself. Her name is Annie. (laughs) Little orphan. (laughs) So we we watched a little bit of the original 80s one. And they're in a barn and she kills John Rainbird. Because he kills her dad. Mm. And at this point, the dad's like, kill them all in the original. And she sets fire to everything. Bayastata. Yeah, with some sweet-ass effects, like practical like fire effects. She's burning people left and right. Jeez. She's sending like um, fireballs at people, blowing shit up. Mm-hmm. Here, she kind of just sets things on fire here and there. Yeah. It's like, meh. You know, what needs to be done. Yeah. The worst line of the movie, though, is here, right before she sets her dad and Hollister on fire. Mm. Her dad's like, oh, you burn it all down. And then he makes her. But before, Hollister's like, Charlie, don't, don't. We'll be friends. We, we'll make this okay. And she goes, liar, liar, pants on fire. That's right. And I was like, boo! That was a little silly. I booed, and that's in the trailer, too. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> but you hear it in the movie, and I was like, fuck this movie. <laughs> Is it just too corny for I you? I think so. It's just too dumb. It doesn't really fit. Oh. I know they wanted to be like, ooh, she can set people on fire. She's obviously going to say that, but. I'd use all the puns I could get, man. You know I love puns. How about the sunburn? I don't know why she's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I just imagine her with that voice. My personal Facebook, all you see is puns. Yeah. Because I love them. Don't look directly at the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She kills them both because of her dad, but then she's going through this facility and burning it down. These guys in like flame suits come in and she's not able to hurt them. Yeah. And this is where she kind of passes out a little bit. She like falls to the ground because she just used too much and... They're about to take her in, and John Rainbird shows back up and murders all these guys. Right. And we didn't mention before, but when they caught the dad, the NIS, what is D- it? Uh, DSI. I was like, DSI. Oh, has something about nuts. These <laughs> nuts. The DSI. Uh, <laughs> the DSI. Um, they use special contacts. Oh, yeah. So the dad can't do any yeah, that's cool. brain magic on him. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, they put that in and they're like, uh-uh, I don't think so. So the people with the fire suits did the same thing. They had contacts in so she couldn't burn them or... Control them. Yeah, brainwash them, so... Yeah, true. Good call, good call. Uh, it's quickly how easily you forget this movie. I know. And we should say that John Rainbird was in this facility as well as like a prisoner. And when she like kind of shuts down the f- power or whatever, he gets out. Because like mm-hmm. he's just basically a prisoner to these people. Yeah, I think they were upset that he killed all the cops. Yeah, they're like, you're going to bring down all this heat on us, John Rainbird? Yeah. 
And, uh, yeah, he's in this facility as a prisoner, and when she knocks the power out, he gets out, and he kills all these people that are about to kill her. Hell yeah. I think he repeats it back to Hollister at some point, but he says the mom's words back to her. He's like, when you meet her, you will see her and regret. He repeats that back at some point. Uh, so when he walks up to her after killing all these guys, he, like, gets on his knees and bows, like, in front of her. Like, you know, kind of like, I'm sorry, or please kill me. Yeah, you can kill me if you want, you know, whatever. She appears to start, like, burn him from the inside, because he starts smoking. Yeah. I thought she was just drying him off. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought she was just drying his clothes, because the sprinkler system goes off. Right. I did make a joke when we watched it. It would be funny if he had, like, a big afro. Of all the, <laughs> He doesn't have, like, he has straight hair, but it'd be funny, like, she's, she dries him off, and his hair is just a big, like, frizzy afro from the, from the heat. That's how we my could do a comedy be. spin on this movie. Yeah. Like they do with um those other movies. Scary movies. Scary movies. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Dude, that's how my hair would be. If somebody like if I got out of the shower and someone dried it real quick, my mm-hmm. hair would be like an afro. It would. It's so frizzy. Yeah. But she sees her reflection in the mirror and she's like, Oh my god, I don't want to be like this person. So she lets him go. She walks away from him. Right. And so she's walking out of this facility. The facility is burning to the ground. She sits down on the beach that's outside, and John Rainbird comes. He picks her up, and they walk off. That's it. That's the movie. And I thought, surely there's more after the credits, right? Mm -hmm. But there's not. I think they were trying to make it like they are both alike, and he is now going to like help her. And maybe there could be another one, another movie. (laughs) I did actually see that, that they had plans for a sequel had this one not just tanked like a motherfucker. Yeah. In the original, Charlie, after her dad dies and she burns the facility down, she goes and lives with Irv Manders and his wife. Right. And then it shows them, her dad, throughout the original movie, is trying to get this information to, like, the news, that this secret government facility exists and they're trying to kill them. So at the end of the movie, it shows Irv Manders and Charlie walking into a news office. Wow. And he's like, oh, are you ready? She's like, yes. And they're, like, going to tell their story. Holy shit. So, no, Irv Banders is dead. I'm assuming his wife must be dead, too. <laughs> or is she just... That's a good point. Is she just still sitting in her bed at their house? Oh, Jesus. Well, he just got shot in the leg. Okay, okay. Maybe they're okay. So I figured he was dead. he might be okay. Maybe so. Just be crazy. There's this old woman who can't take care of herself just laying in her bed. Ugh be so sad mm. that was it i mean you know we really kind of blew through it and we didn't talk about it very much but i feel like this movie is very forgettable yeah that's okay because sitting up is not the best for me yeah so short short episodes good shorter yeah <laughs> did you like this movie uh you know i did until we're now talking about it and i can't the the amount of things i forgot yeah makes me think that maybe i didn't really enjoy it as yeah. much as i thought I don't know. Movies stick with you, and I think the bad ones kind of just leave. And and that's kind of my brain, too. Like, you know how yeah. my brain is, is. Sometimes I do just forget things. Yeah. No matter what, if they're good or bad. But this one, I'm just kind of like, the plot's really not that big. I mean, it's no. very simple. It's just a very simple movie. Yeah. And the, the other one can be said that it's simple, too, but they do have more characters. Mm-hmm. Martin Sheen, as the head of this operation, is in there more. And uh, there's a lot more testing of her powers and her father's powers in, like, this facility. Another thing is that I really didn't connect with any of the characters, which makes it hard to really like the movie. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm just like, I can't relate to any of this voodoo magic stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. It was just okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it that. Just okay. Watch the 80s version. It's better. And it's pretty much exactly like the book from what I understand or remember. And Drew Barrymore as a as a kid is just cute as a button. Yep, yep. She's very um, she's very good as a kind of a scary child who can do this for real. Not that this child was bad. I just didn't connect with her or, or anybody, like you said. Yeah. Mm-mm. Kurtwood Smith wasted in one scene. <laughs> I can relate to that. Okay. Getting I told wasted. you. I, I don't think he ever gets up. He's sitting down the whole time. He's like, <laughs> I'm not going to be standing, am I? No. <laughs> I'll do it for ten million dollars. No, um. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's it. That's all for Firestarter. Don't really recommend it. Yeah. You know, if you go to our social media on this episode and you make a comment, we'll shout you out on the next episode because that's kind of we're just wanting to interact with with our people that mm-hmm. listen to us 
And we appreciate the Flick and Friends for commenting. Yep. And hopefully they enjoyed the Ghostbuster one. And definitely give them a listen. They're hilarious. Yes, They're very great. So funny. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, email us, thefilmobsessedcouple at gmail.com. And we really appreciate you guys listening. Yes, we thank you so much. Next time when we do this, we are going, we're, I should preference it by saying we are almost done with the show Hannibal. So the next episode we're going to be doing is Red Dragon. Yay. It's more connected to the show than anything because Clarice Starling from Silence of the Lambs, from what I understand, is not in the show. Mm-hmm. We've only got like five episodes left. She hasn't shown up. Yeah, no. But Red Dragon does cover kind of the more the ending of the last season of the show. You get to see kind of how it was in the book because I think that's more so how the book was. Okay. So we're about done. So we're going to do Red Dragon next week. I'm excited. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, not next week. Yeah. (laughs) So until then, try not to eat anybody. Until that episode, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.